I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is like chemistry lab. I You're just, on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help Let what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Paulie Sebelia off this week. Stephen Fonte, Eric Columbia with you today from 12 until 2. Got several guests lined up for you. We got Mike Waters coming up at 12.15. Michael Lear, Utica Comments play-by-play man at 12.30. Then in the second hour, Terry Foy joins us at 1 o'clock. He's the CEO of Inside Lacrosse. And then coming up at 1.30, we'll talk Yankees baseball with Yankees reporter Brendan Cuddy from NJ.com. Plus, we'll take your phone calls at any time in between at 315-437-7644. How are you today, Eric? How are things going? I am doing well. I'm. I'm uh, it's uh, my pleasure to pinch hit uh, on the day. I'm glad I got the call out of the bullpen. I, I'm glad you could do two hours. Yeah. Uh, nice of our... Uh, of our Powers that be at News Channel Nine to, to let you out for a call, and you're here too, which is yeah, which, which is, is extra. Great. Was, so. You know, we don't have to do it from the uh, the dungeon of Channel Nine. That's right. Even though it's a nice dungeon, uh, it's it's nice to be uh, in front of faces for the first time in a bit. So we were talking off air before yeah. the show started. It's a it's a fun time of year. Like we're on the, you know, I say on the verge on this show. It's become a thing because I said the Bills are on the verge of a Super Bowl. We're on the verge of summer around here in central new york when things kind of quiet down but in the meantime there's a lot to talk about you got nba playoffs you got stanley cup playoffs you got college lacrosse ncaa tournament uh there's a lot going on what have you been paying attention to the most so obviously uh we've talked uh, about it before off air i'm a huge hockey guy so uh while it stinks to not have the wings in the postseason for the last uh five to six years uh there is some uh there's like a nice weight off your back where you don't have to watch sports with a with a nervous in that context, right? So <laughs> don't, don't have that nervous anxiety. The, yeah, you don't have the pregame anxiety. You're not right. living and dying with everything. You can just kind of appreciate it for what it is, and that's where I'm at right now uh, with just having this sweet spot of being a sports fan where my teams aren't contending, so I can watch every single. Uh, other person just be absolutely miserable during this time of year, and I can just enjoy the action. I saw Carter Verhage, former Crunch star, yeah. scored the game winner last night for the Panthers. That series two two. Uh, I am not a huge hockey yeah. guy. I know you are. So what should I be paying attention to? We I really, and this is not a cop out answer. You should be paying attention to everything because the NHL playoffs are so tight this year. In the Eastern Conference, you had all eight teams over a hundred points, which is virtually. It, unheard of so every single series is good teams taking on good teams uh and every single series is is going to be uh, virtually up for grabs the big dud is the is the upset that you have right now with pittsburgh and the rangers with them leading them 3-1 and igor shesterkin absolutely being swiss cheese these last two games which he's probably going to win the vesna which is the award for the best goalie and he can't stop a puck right now to save his life um, I've been casually observing the the Lightning Maple Leaf series just because you yeah. know it's the Crunch's parent club and you know a lot of those guys on on Tampa Bay came through here and and obviously you look at their great success over the course of the last few years. Um, 
that series is really close and that it's 2-2. The games have not been close, though. Yeah. They haven't had a one-goal game yet. Uh, game five tonight back in Toronto, it's been uh, it's been win one, lose one. They, they've alternated victories. Do you have a feel for who's going to come out on top in that series? For, so for me being the Detroit sports fan, I like to relate it to this. The Leafs remind me of the wings of the early to mid-90s that couldn't get the job done. They had all these first-round exits, and there's been much uh, made about the Leafs not being able to win a playoff series since 2004 and them not being able to win a cup since uh, 67. So they're they're like the, the pre-wings that are looking to figure it out. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the wings of the early 2000s to late 2000s where we figured it out, but maybe we're getting a little bit long in the tooth. We played a lot of hockey. Can we get the job done? Uh, history tends to, to say that a team with a little bit more experience and used to winning is going to win this one. So I, I like the Lightning to win in seven, but if if the Toronto is somehow able to figure this thing out, I wouldn't be surprised if they turn this victory into a deep, deep playoff run, and maybe they're seeing uh, their first cup since 1967. Andre Vasilevsky has continued this incredible streak of he has not lost a playoff game after losing yeah, a playoff back game, to back, yeah, it's 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 remarkable. Somebody should like tell him tonight that you know. Oh, by the way, we you know, just kidding. We lost game four. Like you need to go and win this one tonight. It's 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 truly. What is he? Fourteen? Is it fourteen and 0, 15 and oh? Something, yeah, like, something like that. I know it hasn't happened in the last two years. He hasn't lost back to back playoff games. So yeah. I mean, like that. It, and he's played a lot of hockey. I mean, and and for a goalie. Uh, it, there's a, a popular thing now in the NHL or even in the playoffs, people aren't afraid to throw in their backup here to start a game to give a starter a rest. We've seen teams do that. Uh, Tampa is very much not of that. They're they're playing their goalie, who's Vasilevsky, who's arguably the best in the world, and they're riding him, and uh, he uh, he delivers more than he does not. He's been great in the wins, not so great in the losses, which I guess makes a, a lot of sense in any event. Uh, game five tonight, that'll be a, a 7.30 start if you want to watch it. Uh, it's on ESPN2. Uh, I'm a basketball guy. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of NBA. Uh, two great games again last night. I, I wasn't expecting the late game to be as close as it was, uh, but that thing went right down to the wire. No John Morant for the Grizzlies. They led the entire game, uh, and then the Warriors... You know, did Warriors things at the end. Steph did Steph things, and the Warriors somehow pulled that thing out, and, and now they lead that series three games to one. They didn't lead until the final two minutes of the game, uh, and they were able to pull it out. I, I've said this on the show before. I don't know how much yeah. NBA you watch. I, I feel like the Warriors, I know they're the three seed. I think they're the team to beat right now in the Western Conference. Well, it feels like they're getting back to that 2015-2016 run where they're they're – they're playing exciting basketball, and obviously they have you know Draymond and Steph and um, Clay Thompson, Clay as yeah. well. So I mean, like they got those guys, they got that core. But then you got guys like Jordan Poole who were able to, yeah. uh, on a single night, he can drop thirty points and you know go insane from behind the arc. So they're they're bringing guys up, which is scary because if they get this thing going, I mean. Yeah. Well, who's to say that you know, as Ryan Rosillo uh, used to say, print the shirts. Like, let's let's have the championship parade plan right now because they're scary good when they're clicking, and I, they weren't even clicking last well, night. right? And they still won. That's the sign of a good team when you when you don't play well and you can win. And we've seen both the Warriors and Suns do that. I, I really hope we get that series in the Western Conference Finals. I, I think that'll kind of be the de facto NBA Finals, in my opinion. I think the winners coming out of the West, I think it's one of those two teams. I, I give the Warriors just the slight edge right now because of the depth that you're talking about. You have so many guys who can go off. With the Suns, it's Booker. 
in particular. And then, you know, Aiton and, and Chris Paul, like you've got some nice pieces there. And Paul, you know, might be the best point guard to ever do it. Or, well, one of the best point guards ever to yeah. do it. I'm not going to put him ahead of Magic. But you, you get he's my the, point. Oh, his generation. He's, he's the best. You get yeah. my point. Yeah. Um, but I just I think that the the Warriors just have, they have so many answers for you. I mean they have so many guys who could just go off on a given night. I give I give them the slight edge right now. In the other series last night, you've got in my opinion we talked about this on the show yesterday the best player on the planet in Giannis right going up against a really really good team. I mean the Celtics are just they're they're solid. Top to bottom, they play really good defense. That series is now two games apiece. I, I thought the Bucs uh, were going to win that one last night. They were in control for much of it, and then you know the Celtics just ratcheted up the pressure a little bit. They were able to pull out a win, and, and now they get back home court advantage. They go back to Boston, uh, and they've made it you know the best of three at this point. Do we have a timeline on on Chris Middleton? Uh, I I don't fully out for the rest of the I series. I don't think he's coming back. I don't I, I don't think he's coming back this series because I I think obviously uh, you know much was made about Chris Middleton uh, and his injury at the start of the playoffs. Uh, so for I I think I think people kind of shrugged it off once the Bucks got through the first round. I think they'll be okay. But as 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 the playoffs go on, I think Middleton's absence is going to be even even more so missed. So if they're going to be completely without Middleton uh, the rest of the way, yeah, why why not take the Celtics, who know how to play defense, and then they have a couple guys who can drop you know, 30 any given night. So he has been officially ruled out for game... Well, this was prior to yesterday's game. For four and five, I guess there is a chance he could come back at the very end of the series, but... Uh, again, he wouldn't have played in several weeks. I, I wouldn't if I'm a Bucks fan. I'm not counting on it yeah. at this point. Um, but you're right. He he is a big difference maker. But Giannis is that good that you know. And, and he's got pieces around. We talked about this on the show yesterday that Giannis has some nice pieces around him um, with a, a lot of shooters and you know Grayson Allen and Connington and and Bobby Portis has been chipping in and, and like, Lopez ain't bad. Yeah, as well. Uh, Drew Holiday. Like they've he, he's got some pieces to work with. So that's been a fascinating series. Um, we've got two more games tonight, um, beginning with the the Heat Sixers. The, the Sixers look like they were dead in the water. Embiid yeah. comes back, and it changes the entire complexion of the series. Uh, Kyle Lowry. James Harden show, though. It, it, well, yeah. Um, Harden looked like the, the player of old uh, in, in game four. Uh, Lowry out tonight, again, for the Heat, dealing with that hamstring. Mm-hmm. I, I still think Miami being at home, I, I think they probably win tonight. Um, but that series has been... Very intriguing with the return of Embiid, and and again, as you mentioned, James Harden has uh, has turned back the clock a little bit. I, if you listen to the show at all, Eric, you know I can't stand watching James Harden play yeah. basketball. Um, I, I think the Heat probably wins tonight, but it it should be an interesting game. Maybe it's just me, but I find there's no team in the NBA easier to dislike at the moment than Miami Heat. Maybe that's just because the fans. Why is and that? Like, I just the Heat culture thing gets me. Like I like they've got it so figured out that they're able to get these pieces and you know able to you know turn them into you know whatever. Uh, so I I find myself kind of you know rooting for the Sixers and I'm not a James Harden guy. Uh, you know, even though technically his way of playing basketball is arguably the most effective right now, which is getting to the line, uh, crashing but, into people. Yeah. No, we can't talk about this era because I will. <laughs> I no, don't even say that. I I can't. But, but I can't. I, I mean I I. 
I I find myself in this series just rooting for the Heat's collapse more than I'm rooting for the Sixers to win. All right, that's fine. I love watching Tyrese Maxey play. Like I don't have anything against the Sixers. I joke about this with uh, with Paulie that you know we had Tobias Harris as part of Sportscaster U, Danny Green. Like yeah. we got to know those guys a little bit. Um, you know, it was over the course of a week. But I I root for those guys because you know we got to work with them, and I, I think they both have a bright future. Um, you know, calling games someday or being an analyst. Um, I like the Sixers. I don't like James Harden. So I'm and and Paulie's a Sixers fan, so I, I wouldn't mind if the Sixers win. I, I think the Heat probably wins tonight. I think this thing is going seven. They're, the, they're the better you. team, and with Embiid banged up, I do. I the Heat should win, uh, but uh, if they both could lose, that would be great. That, that's not going to happen, oh, okay. Eric. That's not going to happen. Um, but I don't think either of those teams is is going to the NBA Finals. I think the winner of the Bucks Celtics series is going to the finals, and they're going to play either the Suns. Or the Warriors, which brings us to the last matchup tonight, Suns-Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that series now all of a sudden 2-2. The Mavericks looked like they were dead in the water, and they rose to the occasion in Dallas. Um, I think next to James Harden, the second player that I can't stand watching is Luka <laughs> because of he literally complains on every play. Yeah. He, is, he yells at the official about something but you like Chris Paul, on every play. Um, he, he, like, invented that move. I, you know what? I do like Chris Paul. Um he does not complain as much as Luca. Oh, nobody complains more than Chris Paul. Have you watched the series? Luca yeah. is barking at every play. Every play. That's a, I bet he's and a maybe, huge Chris Paul fan. And maybe I have respect for Chris Paul because he's he's older. He's 37. Yeah. You know, he's, a, he's the elder statesman. Um I, I, I like watching Chris Paul play basketball. I think everybody I, complains in the NBA. Yes. Luca takes it to a whole, whole nother level. Uh, that's only because Chris Paul invented it. He's, he's, he's he invented the, he, complaining he's to the, the refs? grandfather of complaining every single call. I mean, and then and then uh, in, in, uh, the previous game, he finally got called for stopping in front of the big man in transition. You know, he they, didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. Which he, was and the, on the sixth the foul, first didn't time say a word. Ever. First he didn't time say a word. Ever. I was actually thinking to myself, he's keeping his composure. He had some of the, we talked about this on the show yesterday as well. Six fouls, four of them were very questionable calls the other day. He kept his mouth shut on number five and number six. So. I don't know. I think as I, for the actual basketball, though, obviously uh, Mavericks a little bit more healthy, and I think they have the best player in the series. So uh, not that I'm picking the Mavericks, but Brian Windhorst brought this up on ESPN on Get Up yesterday, which I seem to agree with that uh, he has seen you know the team with the best player go on and shock a team before. I saw that firsthand. Well, I shouldn't say firsthand, but watching every game back in uh, 2007 when the Pistons lost to a young LeBron in a series that they shouldn't have uh, in the Eastern Conference Final, I could see that happening again, especially if the Suns are as banged up as they seem to be. Obviously, the Suns have a much better team. Uh, you know, Luka, it's Luka, and he's got a supporting cast, but not a great supporting right. cast. Like, you know, the Suns, I, I'm surprised DeAndre Ayton hasn't had a better series because they don't really, the Mavs really don't have an answer for him. Um but he's gotten into foul trouble a couple of times, and and Devin Booker's been great in the games that they've won. I, I just I, I think the Suns top to bottom are better than the Mavs, and I and I, I hear you. They they have to find a way to slow down Luca because he single handedly is is keeping him in that. Don't get me wrong, I, I'm a big Aiton guy, but he's another one of those big men that you have to take off the floor in key situations. Right. Well, like that's the thing, right? Yeah. Because when the Mavs Mavs go small, it create it's it's a matchup issue on both ends of the court. Yeah. It's just who's going to impose their will on the other. You know, yeah. So. Who, yeah who's going to be? He's not one of those. Even though uh, 
occasionally. He no, you're can, right. He's he's, he, he's passive sometimes. Yeah. There's, there's no doubt about well, it. And then defensively, you worry about him being yeah. switched on. And right. If you're going to get Luka on him, uh, you'll, you'll take Luka 100% of the time. Absolutely. No doubt about it. And that's why, in part, he's gotten into foul trouble. All right, we do have to take a timeout. Uh, we're going to continue the basketball talk on the other side. We're going to talk Syracuse basketball. Our good friend Mike Waters joins us next on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. I will survive without you. This is Orange Nation. Stephen Fonte, Eric Columbia with you today up until 2 o'clock. As we go to our guest line and bring on our first guest today, good friend of the program... Basketball reporter, beat writer for Syracuse.com, the Hall of Famer, Mike Waters, joining us on the show. Mike, always great to chat with you. How are you today? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So we wanted to have you on to talk about uh, SU's latest attempt to try and land a backup center. So what can you tell us about this this young man from Duquesne that uh, has some interest in Syracuse and Syracuse has some interest in him? Yeah, uh, a Duquesne transfer. His name's Munir Hima. Uh, he is a redshirt freshman. Uh, so he redshirted his first year at Duquesne a year ago. Played a little bit this past season. Uh, actually, in some of the folks I've talked to, probably played a little bit more than the folks at Duquesne actually expected entering the year. But because of some injuries and everything, he's kind of forced out there. His numbers aren't going to you know, light up the board, you know, he's, he's going to average about two points a game, about 2.8 rebounds a game, but he only played about nine minutes a game. Now, late in the season, he starts the last five games of the year. And in about double the minutes that he was getting during the earlier part of the season, he goes up to 3.6 points and 5.2 rebounds per game. Those are actually pretty good numbers for a guy who's playing, you know, still less than 20 minutes a game, but it shows his progress over the course of the season. And again, I've talked with his high school coach. Um, he went to St. Benedict's prep down in Newark, New Jersey. Syracuse fans are going to recognize that name because that's where Barama Sidibe and Tyler Ennis both went. So I've talked to Mark Taylor down at St. Benedict's and he just, he really thinks a lot of the kid. He says he's a great kid, hard worker, uh, relatively new to the game. So, you know, his upside or potential is really through the roof. And I think that's what Syracuse is looking at. They're looking at a, a young, relatively inexperienced kid, but with a lot of potential. You know, he's 6'11 and about 220 pounds. He's got a wingspan. I've had people tell me he's, his wingspan is 7'5", and I've also had, had another person tell me it's 7'7", which would be just ridiculous. Uh, so you can imagine the, the presence, maybe the rim protection he could give you inside the zone. But, you know, Syracuse is in a tough spot. You know, they're – they're really threading a tough needle here when you're talking about the transfer portal and their main need right now, which is, you know, they'd like to get another center into the group behind Jesse Edwards after losing Frank Anselm. And, you know, the tough recruiting pitch to tell a kid, yeah, I want to come here and be a backup. Uh, but with a younger kid with three years of eligibility remaining, like Munir, you know, saying, listen, if you want to play at this level, you're probably not ready to be a starter yet at most places. Come here, back up a, you know, a kid who we can show you we've already developed Jesse Edwards. Uh, developed Frank Anselm to the point where he's left to go to Georgia where he hopes to be a starter. Come here, one year, Jesse graduates, 
and there's an opportunity for playing time for you there, an opportunity to start, you know. So it's interesting, and um, he, he's very intriguing. So, Mike, you look at, you know, we're, we have a list here of the other schools that he's heard from. Syracuse is the only Power 5 school. I'm just going to rattle off a few for our listeners. I'm sure you know the names, but Charlotte, Southern Illinois, Brown, Santa Clara, Weber State, uh, Robert Morris, Radford, Robert Morris, uh, oh, we said that twice, New Hampshire, Eastern Michigan. Um so, I mean, they're not even in the same stratosphere as Syracuse. SU's the one Power 5 that he's heard from. So, obviously, those other programs offer playing time. Syracuse, exactly. not so much. But to your point, um, you know, it might be a, you know, a, a looking at his future, right? It might be betting on himself, come here, as you said, under, under Jesse for one year, and then maybe the spot is his for two years. Yeah. You know, how good do you think you can be? Do you think you can eventually play at the Power 5 level? If you do, here's your opportunity to get there. Otherwise, he's looking at these other schools, the ones you rattled off. He's looking to go and play and and probably play a lot more minutes than he did at Duquesne. However, of all those schools you mentioned, his coach at St. Benedict's did tell me uh, that he has visits scheduled to Santa Clara, which you mentioned, but he also mentioned Seton Hall. And there's your other Power Five conference, or actually Power Six because they're in the Big East. But, you know, a major conference school in Seton Hall and obviously right there in New Jersey where, you know, near where he went to high school. So, you know, Seton Hall, I think, I think in a way, Seton Hall's interest validates Syracuse's interest. It, you know, it's another program who maybe sees the potential in this young kid. Mike, Eric, Columbia here. Thanks for joining the show. I guess just in terms of when you're recruiting this position, uh, what is the fine line that you have to walk here to with uh, Jesse Edwards? I mean, I, you mentioned the portal, and you'd, it'd be a tough sell to have somebody come in here and be a backup, but I imagine, too, uh, on the other end of that, uh, if you're having somebody to compete with Jesse Edwards, that doesn't uh, perhaps bode well for his confidence. Well, I think Jesse's just fine where he is, but you're right. I mean, you know, of all the centers that were out there in the portal, and some of them are really good and they're going to go somewhere and start, they're not going to believe that they're going to come to Syracuse. You know, why am I even going to go there and, and battle Jesse Edwards for time? Uh, even if you win the starting job, it's not like, you know, what, Jesse Edwards isn't going to play again next year? Uh, so, you know, no, yes, yeah, Syracuse was probably never in the market for a guy who's looking to start next year. They're in the market for a guy like, you know, Quincy Ballard from Florida State, you know, just a few weeks ago. He was another guy that they really thought they could thread the needle with. Hey, come here. You're going to play more than you did at Florida State. Not going to start yet because we do have Jesse Edwards, but then you have a chance to start the year after. Um, You know, Quincy being a hometown kid made a ton of sense, but he just, you know, couldn't turn down the opportunity that Wichita State was going to give him which was, you know, likely a, a really good chance to start his first year out there. Now, Wichita State plays at a higher level than most of the other schools that are shown interested in HEMA so far, other than Seton Hall. So, you know, here once again is Syracuse just trying to, you know, find, you know, kind of a niche guy. Um, and again, the more I hear about Munir, he is very intriguing. You know, he's, he was late to the game of basketball. And, and not even by like the standards that you would normally associate for a kid from Africa. Even over in Africa, he was late to the sport. He was a soccer player for many years. You know, he's from Niger, 
when he finally, you know, does you know, grow to the point where soccer is no longer a, a realistic option for him. He gets into basketball and he's spotted there at a camp and he's brought over to the States. He gets into St. Benedict's, which, you know, Mark Taylor runs a fabulous program down there. And, you know, even then, though, he's just so raw and new to the game that, you know, he had some offers from some A-10 type schools coming out of high school, but I think, I think Duquesne was a, a good spot for him. But, uh, you know, Duquesne struggled last year, 6-24 and 24 overall. You know, I think I just think he's looking to go to a spot where he can play a little more and maybe win a little more. And, and listen, the Syracuse has to be an attractive o- o- option for him. I mean, the opportunity to play basketball at the highest level in college. You know, one thing to remember with Munir even in his limited time last year, he averaged one block shot for every 10 minutes so he was on the floor. That's a pretty good rate. Um, and I think that's a, another thing the Syracuse coaches are looking at. Like, can we put him out there and let him play defense and protect the rim and, and just let him block some shots? All right, Mike. So hypothetically speaking, we know what the plan is. We know that they, they want to add a backup center. Hypothetically speaking, they don't get anybody that they like. Um, that you know, these guys you know keep end up going somewhere else because they don't want to come here to be a backup. If you have to take the floor next year with the roster as it is currently constructed, who comes into the game in that center spot when Jesse needs to go out for a breather or foul trouble or whatever the case may be? Who who's their best option at that five spot? How tall are you again, Steve? <laughs> Not tall enough. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. So other than Infante, then, you know, you you got the incoming freshman, Peter Carey. The coaches were really excited about him when they got him, when they were recruiting him. Bad thing about Peter is he really hasn't played high school basketball in two years. I mean, two years ago, he lost his whole season in high school to to COVID. The the season was canceled. Last year, he missed the whole season because he had a a leg injury. Now, he's recovered from that. He's going to be reporting to campus in June. You're going to have to work hard with him to get him up to speed. Get him as strong as you can and work on him hard. He's going to have to play. But I think another option is Malik Brown. You know, another one of this, you know, the large incoming freshman class that you have. He's a, he's a strong 6'9". You know, he's basically your, your prototypical power forward. But I, I've been told that, you know, he, they think he has the size, strength, and, and athleticism to be one of these guys that they move from forward to center in a pinch. I mean, you know, maybe stronger than, than Marek Dolajai, uh, maybe a little bit more along the lines of a Tyler Leiden, you know, who came in as a, as really a power forward, but spent quite a, um, quite a few minutes, uh, both years he was here at, at the five. Mike, I want to switch gears uh, before we uh, let you go real quick. Let's, let's get a little buddy talk. He was invited to the G League uh, camp to work out. Uh, some players from that are going to be able to do the NBA draft combine. W- is that realistic for him? And what are we what are we thinking about Buddy's chances of possibly seeing some uh, some some pro time here in the next uh, few weeks, and then come draft time? We'll know a lot more in a little over a week, Eric. You know, as you mentioned, he's been invited to the G League Elite camp. That's in Chicago. Starts next Monday runs for just a couple days, and then right on after that is still in Chicago, the NBA Combine starts. But he's one of about 40 or 44 players who have been invited to the G League camp. You know, from that camp, you're probably going to get up maybe four or five guys that will earn an invite to the Combine. You know, it'll be interesting. I think Buddy can play well enough to probably earn an invite to the Combine, but I know sometimes how this thing goes with the NBA and who they want to see more of. It, they may not want to see more of Buddy. 
they've seen Buddy play for four years at the high level. You know, they've been at these games. They've they've got plenty of film on Buddy. They might be wanting to look at a kid from a smaller school, a smaller conference, or maybe somebody who's just blown up in the last year or so. And, and you know, so Buddy could play well enough at the G League camp to earn an invite to the combine and just not get one because they're already like, listen, we're set. We know about him. We've seen him. And, and then you'll see the NBA teams then start to bring him in for their workouts. And again, after the combine's over, when that process starts, we'll know a lot more about what kind of interest Buddy is generating by how many teams and which ones are, are inviting him for workouts. All right, Mike. Uh, great stuff as always. Thank you for coming on. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the weather this week. En- enjoy uh, the start of your off season, and we'll talk soon. There's no such thing as an off season anymore, Stephen. You know that. I know. I know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Be Good well, Mike. To you though. All right, See you guys. We'll talk soon. Mike Waters from Syracuse.com, and uh, with that, we'll take a timeout. When we return, we'll go right back to the guest line. Michael Lear, Utica Comments play-by-play man, joins us as we talk Calder Cup playoffs. After this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> Are you sure you understand the risks of stock ownership? Shut up and take my money. I'd buy that for a dollar. That guy's turning this place into some kind of business. I've been a rich man and I have been a poor man and I choose rich every time. It's time for Buy or Sell on Orange Nation. All right, we've got about uh, seven or eight minutes left in the show as we uh, close things out with our producer, Jordan, and uh, some buy or sell. What do you have for us today? Well, I have the Tigers' money line, first of all. You hyped, Eric? You hype. We're riding with the Tigers today. I mean, you pointed out that's like a 10 a.m. first pitch out on the West Coast. That is weird. Top but, of the uh, third yeah, right we'll, now. We'll go, we'll go with that. Let's go, let's go Tigers. <laughs> no uh, runs yet in Oakland. Tom Brady, he's back in the news. He has not retired, no, but when he does... Fox Sports has him nailed down for a 10-year, $375 million deal. And I don't know what I think of that because Tom Brady doesn't strike me as likable, which makes me think people aren't going to tune in just to watch him. They'll tune away. What do you guys think of Tom Brady, the analyst, when he retires in like five years? Yeah. I mean, this this dollar figure is astronomical. Um, you know, Tony Romo's the best in the business right now in terms of calling – football games and it, obviously Fox is looking at that saying yeah. you know let's let's add the the greatest quarterback of all time in order for this to work in my opinion I, and I know you shared your thoughts during the break Eric um Brady's going to have to like have an opinion about things like yeah. I I find that when he does interviews a lot of times he's very vanilla and he says what he's supposed to say um I think in order for him to be truly an effective analyst he's going to have to he might have to ruffle a few feathers. He might have to. He's got to be honest, right? So he, right. he's going to have to say some things that maybe players don't want to hear. Right. Um, and I think Romo does a nice job of that. He walks that fine line of being honest, but doing it in a, a fun manner. And it does, you know. But he's going to have to be critical. And I don't know if Tom Brady, like Tom Brady, can do that with his teammates. I'm not sure if he's going to be willing to do that on the air. One, I think you're talking about uh, Tom, uh, the Patriots, Tom Brady. 
That's not the Tom Brady I think we see today. As soon as he left the Patriots, I think you saw him more on social media. He's been more entertaining. He's been more honest. Did you watch Man in the Arena I at did. all a little bit? I did. I think he's been really honest at times with that. Uh, the uh, anniversary of uh, the tuck rule uh, with him and Charles Woodson, two Michigan guys. Love that. Go blue, by the way. Uh, he was very honest, He and he will admit, he even had it on social media, where he will say, you know, Perhaps it was a fumble. I, I think. I think his honesty. I think since he's left New England has been um, a, something that uh, he has actually brought to the table. And I think people not liking him, I think, is a bit of a misnomer. I think um, maybe they maybe they truly do not like him, but he is somebody who is polarizing, and that is somebody that you want in an analyst. You want somebody that people are going to have feelings about, that somebody is not going to be just lukewarm about because then there's no interest in watching that broadcast. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, though. Mm-hmm. So we all watch NFL because we watch our favorite teams. Yeah. Um, are you tuning in? For 10 years and $375 million, I would expect that they would want people to tune in to you know watch Brady or listen to Brady do a broadcast. Are you do you tune in to listen to Tony Romo? Do you tune in to listen to Tom Brady, or do you tune in because it's you know the Lions Packers and and you want to watch the game? Yeah, I'm, wa- I'm watching Jared Goff and those Lions, baby. Let's get the, let's get this straight. <laughs> Nobody is watching NFL football for the announcers. The fact that uh, ten years, three hundred seventy-five million dollars. The fact that people who are doing what we we are doing, uh, but on a national scale, are getting paid that kind of that kind of cash, like like awesome for you guys. But that is so overpaid for what people are actually tuning into the broadcast for. Not since John Madden has have people really tuned into a football game for the announcer, in my opinion. And that and that is Tony Romo included, who I push back on the the notion that he is the best in the business just because he can predict a few plays. I th- I think that is a bit overblown, in my opinion. But to answer your question, no, I'm not watching it for any announcer. I don't care who's on the game. I want to see my team play another team. Uh, the fact that Tom Brady's on it, I've made no bones about it. I'm a huge Tom Brady guy. Have been since the age of 12, and he was playing for my football team. Uh, so I, yeah, Michigan Wolverines. That is I'm not a Patriots fan. Uh, but I, I'll tune in to watch Tom Brady. Uh, is he overpaid? Of course. This is uh, this is you guys right now. Oh, I got to turn it on. I take a page out of Paulie's yeah. book. Now I'm triggered. There we go. Why are you triggered? You got you guys are you guys are salty that Tom Brady's contract. I am. I'm too. not salty. It's okay. It's no, okay. I'm not salty. But like for that, <laughs> for 375 million dollars, I I would expect people are tuning in to watch him do a game. I just don't know if that's realistic. He's getting paid a rod numbers circa 2003. That's what he's getting paid right yeah. now. Are you are you tuning? You're a Patriots fan. Are you tuning in because Brady is on the call? Like, let's say it's like Chargers Titans, and like you you don't care about the game. Are you tuning in because Tom Brady's doing the game? Maybe that's a bad example because well, that, those would be two AFC thing, teams. Right? Let's say it's uh, it, well, if we're doing back in the day where you're picking between CBS and Fox, and you're picking one of those two games, then yeah, you're probably going to get people. I, I might go over for Brady, but. We're on red zone now. We're, Vikings we're Cardinals. On, we're on streams now. It's not a this or that option. So I don't think they need to pay Brady that much unless what they're really trying to do is box him out from like red zone or keep him from somebody else. Or draft kings if they want to box him out from there. Like there's nowhere else for him to go though at this point. Everybody's been locked up in this great sports caster procurement of the 2022 year. Like it's like it's uh it's interesting Aikman. Uh, everybody, Romo is getting paid a bunch. You have the guys over at Amazon getting yeah. Uh, a, Brady could have gone a to Amazon. Ton of money. Like everybody, everybody is getting uh, a bunch of money. So 
Um, more power to them, but it does seem like it's just, hey, if you're going to you know give out cash, I'll, I'll take it. I guess my well. point is I think people are watching the games anyway. I don't think they're tuning in. I think that's totally true. For, for Tom Brady. But the fact that we're saying Stephen Fonte, Eric Columbia, available NFL yeah, to do go. some analysis. He doesn't need any more jobs, though. Send him my way. <laughs> I got a kid coming in August. Uh, did, I, did I hear DraftKings? Did I hear the word DraftKings? I, I think I should remind you, remind everyone, that DraftKings is a, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win, get $150 in free bets if they do. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs, DraftKings has you covered with same-game parlays. You can create your own parlay, combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and so much more. Right now, all customers can place the same-game parlay with three or more legs, get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code 977. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 back in free bets if they do. That's promo code 977. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 and over and physically present in New York. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 deposit. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full details. Gambling problem, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. And to settle the, the great uh, Tigers athletic debate, it is the <laughs> the athletics home in Detroit. The rare athletics being the road team who are in game one playing as the home team in Motown for some reason. Have right. no idea. According to ESPN, played in Detroit with Oakland as the home team. So, Because that would be weird to have a 10 a.m. first pitch on the West Coast on a Tuesday. So they're in Detroit. In Detroit. And the, the A's, A's are at home. The A's are home for game one only. You're telling me the A's are peskily infiltrating somebody else's home? Yeah. What, yeah. What, Bugs Begone needs do? to get on that. Bugs Begone <laughs> yeah. could get the A's out of Detroit right now. Oakland A's executives. Visit BugsBegone.biz. BugsBegone. Two E's. Just like the bug. Just like I do to Steve, Pauly, Eric, Mario. Every day on Orange Nation. Before we go, since we're not going to have a show tomorrow... I want one last word. Is Broncos-Rams good enough for the Christmas Day game? I know the Rams just won the Super Bowl. I know Russell Wilson's going to be in Denver. They're adding the whole Nickelodeon slime cast on Christmas Day. Is that a good enough game for Christmas Day? Is it football? <laughs> there you go. It's is Tom Brady on the Day. game? Because I'll watch if Tom Brady's calling the game. How much do you hate this that Tom Brady is just winning again? If if he is if he's on a Bills game, I'm turning down the volume. I can't wait for his first game to be Buffalo Bills. What'd you say, Steve? You all know, and I know, the only thing in this world that can stop Josh Allen is the flip of a coin. Yeah, Kyle Brandt. He's right. He's right. Are you are you done, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Bugs be gone. Biz, everybody. Thank you. Final word, Eric, as we as we wrap up the show today. Just thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, guys. Always love having you on. Uh, no show for us tomorrow. We're back at it noon on Thursday. We think. Enjoy the rest of the day, everybody. We'll see you on Thursday.